Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Sermons Podcast. At Legacy Church, we help people find their identity in Jesus and their place in His mission to impact the world through the gospel. We ask that you grab your Bibles, listen up, and we hope that you hear a great word from the Lord today. Well, good morning, church. My name is Lori Zettler. I am the children and families pastor here at Legacy Church. Many of you may not have ever seen or met me before, so I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, as I said, I'm the children and families pastor here at Legacy, and I just celebrated eight years on staff, so I've been here for eight years. I am happily married to Cody, and together we have two boys, and they are 14 and 11. 14 and 11, you guys. Um, I'm an extrovert. I talk with my hands. Um, I may move around a little bit, but probably not because I'm super nervous to be up here this morning. So I'll probably just stand right here. Hopefully I I don't rock or do anything ridiculous. Um, I was reminded when I, when Kevin had asked me to lead up here, I was reminded of um, a speech that I did. Y'all remember taking speech in college? Um, That, it was mandatory. It was, I had to take it. And I didn't realize, but after my very first speech, I got, I got a terrible grade on. I'm like, why did I get a terrible grade? And I'm reading through and it says, you had a pen with you the whole time and you tapped it. I tap, 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 tap the whole entire time during my speech. And I had no idea. I was like, I was just focused on whatever words I was saying and I was tapping. So I had to remind myself not to bring a pen with me up here on stage. So I do not have a pen and I hopefully won't be tapping a pen, but I may be tapping my feet or moving my hands more than normal. Um, A couple of years ago, during our Favorite Verse series, Kevin had approached me and asked if I would lead um, my favorite verse. And at that time, I felt like, man, I am, I'm not ready to be on the platform in that manner. I don't really feel like God has called me for that purpose. God has called me to kids and to their families. But he asked me again and again and again and again. And he asked me this time, and I finally felt the Lord was saying yes. So I hope you'll bear with me, guys. I'm not, I'm not a biblical scholar. I'm not a theologian. Um, I love Jesus, like, a whole lot. And so I, I, I like to tell people about Jesus, and that is, and I like for people to um, know the Bible. And so that is going to be my main focus today. Um, I do have a biblical Christian degree, um, but I don't know Greek, and I'm not a theologian, as I've said before. So I'll do my best in sharing um, my thoughts. I'll share some personal things with you this morning. I'll share some stories. Um, I'll really try to be a little vulnerable to the interpretation of the scripture, or shall I say, the analysis of the word today. So to help my nerves and to ask the Lord just to be with us during this morning, I'm going to pray one more time for us today. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house this morning, to be standing here amongst your people. Lord, I pray that you use me this morning as a vessel, Lord, that you just speak through me, God, as we focus on your word today. I pray that through the message today, Lord, that If there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, Lord, that through your word today and through the worship and the praising and the people around us, God, I pray that if they don't know you, that, Lord, they walk away with a better understanding of who you are. God, just be with us this morning. May your Holy Spirit fill this place today. Amen. Okay, um, as I said, I just, I want to share a little bit of something personal about myself. Um, so I live a really busy, hectic life. 
I mean, like task, 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 go, 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 go. But if I'm being honest with myself and with others, I like it that way. I like to be busy. I like to be task-filled. I like to be doing things. And so um, in your seats this morning, you'll find um, a daily inventory sheet. Some of you may have already started it, or you may have already looked at it and wondered, why is this in my seat, and what is this, and the typing is really small. Does that say time and task? I can't really see. I have to have my readers, so grab your readers. Um, But as you're filling yours out, I want you to start thinking about what time do you wake up, what time do you go to bed, and start filling in all the things in between. And as you're talking, I'm going to go over mine. Mine's here. This is my day agenda. This is probably more like a a Monday or a Tuesday um, because it has soccer practice and all that on there. And um, so this is basically what my my day looks like. I wake up really early in the morning and I try to go to bed at nine. That's that's, um, saying, giving a little extra in there. But um, as you're feeling yours out, I just want to talk about um, kind of my day just a little bit. So most days I wake up as many of you do, with with great intentions, right? With great intentions of getting all the things done, but I quickly become overwhelmed. I get up, I go work out, I, I start getting ready and start doing things, and then I quickly see stuff on the floor or the mess on the counter or the the laundry that's still in the dryer that I've turned on 10 times or the dishes that are piling up or I have work obligations, or I have people that need my attention. They, they, they want me. They, they need me here at this house. And while on sabbatical, you guys, I took a sabbatical a few months ago, and I was off for three months. And during that time, I realized that I don't have a whole lot of time left with my children. As I mentioned before, they're 14 and 11. I'm not saying I hope I have a lot of time with my children, but I'm talking about in my household, <laughs> 14 and 11. And that, that means that by the time they turn 18 and graduate, for our oldest, we only have four more years of them being in our house and seven more years for our youngest. And if you remember the analogy, we've used it before, um, it's called the legacy marbles. Did you guys know that you have 936 weeks from the day your child is born until the day they turn 18? 936 weeks, that's what these marbles or these beads represent up here. Sounds like a lot. I mean, 936, that's a pretty big number. But if you really weigh it down and you think about it, our 11-year-old, we have 359 weeks left before he turns 18. Our 14-year-old, we have 203 weeks left. I mean, look at the diminishing beads here in this vase. It's quickly going by, quite eye-opening when you see this visual. And while on sabbatical, I also realized that, you know, my parents are aging and my siblings are aging. And we, I realized that we, we aren't spending a lot of time together. So while I was off for those few months, I made a point. I made time to share days with them, not just hours, not just moments of driving around in a car or spending Thanksgiving and Christmas and little time like that, but tried to make moments with my family. I had no other obligations but them. I placed them as important in my life. Now, all that to say, place your papers aside. We'll come back to them later here in the morning. As a mother of two, a wife, a children and families pastor, a daughter, a friend, a cook, drive throughs count, right? They do. <laughs> a housekeeper, a taxi driver, a soccer mom, a football mom, PTO president, a volunteer, a substitute teacher, a physical trainer, all of these things, I still must make time 
for the Lord. Because if I don't, none of those things that I mentioned, none of those tasks matter. None of it. If I do not know Jesus, none of it matters. And that's going to be our focus today. We're going to be in Proverbs 31. You can open it there if you'd like. We'll read it together in just a moment. But I want to kind of talk about it just a little bit. Give a little bit of synopsis of of what Proverbs 31 is. We're going to focus mainly on two verses, but we'll, we'll read the whole thing together here in just a minute. I want to point out that, yes, when you hear Proverbs 31, you think, this is for women, and there's a woman on stage, so it must just be to the women in here, but I really, really, really think these verses are for everyone in the room. Everyone can gain something from Proverbs 31. It starts out by saying, the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. I think this is really important to understand. Whoever King Lemuel is, he wrote this Proverbs that his mom, his mother, taught him. The first nine verses of the chapter, um, verses one through nine, talk about the character that she wants him to to be while on his reign or just as a person in, in general. She says, don't drink, don't speak, or make sure to speak up, defend the needy, all of these things she wants from his son. But as you get into 10 through 31, mom is saying, now, now here's the kind of woman you should marry. Here are her attributes of her character. And what I found when I was researching this, we're, we aren't really sure who King the Mule is, but Many times it, it, it says that it was King Solomon. And we all know Solomon. And if it's from his mom, then it's Bathsheba who is giving this wisdom to her son. Now, she's known a little bit for her scandal, right? Her scandalous life, not as being a virtuous woman, but she's talking to her son. We all want the best for our children, right? We all want the best for everyone around us. We want the best for them. So Bathsheba, or uh, the mom of King Lemuel, is describing this perfect woman and who he should marry. So let's dive in and let's read Proverbs 31. We'll start in verse 10 and go all the way um, to the end. We'll have it up here on the screen. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from that. She gets up while it's still dark, provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hands, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is known or respected in the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh for the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. 
Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is, a, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her reward, give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. Verses 10 through 12 really talk about marriage. A wife, noble in character, her husband has full confidence in her, lacks nothing um, of value, all the things. And then as you get into 13 through 24, it's, it's her behavior, her to-do list, her task, all the things that she does. When you get to verses 25 through 27, it really is emphasizing her character, who this woman is. And we're going to focus on verses 25 through 26 as we go through our morning together. Now, the first time I remember reading or even wondering, like, Proverbs 31 woman, am, am I a Proverbs 31 woman? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I fall short of being that woman. I mean, I, when I think about that, I think about, like, my mom, my grandmothers, other respected ladies that I know. And, you know, now it's 2022. And we have social media, we have Instagram, we have friends on Facebook, we have TikTok videos. All of these women, they're putting on makeup, they're organizing their pantries, they're decorating their houses, and we want to be like them, right? I mean, we're like, if we're viewing these people online and in movies and on TV, we have to know that they're not real, right? These women aren't real. I mean... Your pantry might have looked that, like that for 10 minutes because your kids just came in and took all the Cheez-Its and tore it all up. So it doesn't look like that anymore. Um, but we are consuming all of these things in and we are wanting to be like them. We're wanting to have that perfect pantry and that beautiful house and our makeup to be perfect. And I know, man, your, your sheds and your tools and, and all the things. So just think about it in that manner. Um, but perfection... That's what they look like, and that's what we think we want to be like, but no one's perfect. No one but Jesus. No one but Jesus. I mean, I don't sow field. I don't, I don't sow. I don't plow fields, but I love Jesus a lot. So that's kind of where our focus is going to be today. My, I have a friend who wrote a really great book. It's, pro, it's called The Proverbs 31 Hero. It's more of a devotional. And she quotes another one of our friends, and her name is Jana. And I'm going to read that quote. It'll be up here on the screens for you. Proverbs 31 seems like a weight if you view it from the checklist mindset of the woman doing this and this and this and that. And these are why she is so loved and respected. The passage really hinges on the phrase, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Regardless of the things she is or isn't doing, Fearing the Lord is central. A woman might look at this passage and find flaws in herself, such as her husband not being respected, or that she's unable to work and provide food for her family, or unable to bear children, or she's a new believer who doesn't feel like she has any wisdom to share. And she might overlook the central focus of God. If the focus is on doing anything other than fearing the Lord, some women will read this and feel failure, or the need to obtain a job, or take a sewing class, when the true character, tra character traits of this Proverbs 31 woman are only revealed through her relationship with God. Let me repeat this. When the true character traits 
of this Proverbs 31 woman are only revealed through her relationship with God. Her relationship with God. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Dustin shared a really great article with me from the Gospel Coalition. I'm sure some of you have read um, articles and things from the Gospel Coalition, and it speaks of the audience who Proverbs 31 was written to, and it also touches on the context. I'm going to read just a a little quote um, from here. It says, Proverbs wasn't originally written to women to instruct them on how they should live. Solomon, or the author's original audience, was young royal boys who would grow up to rule as part of the Israelite nobility. If the passage isn't written to women, it's wrong for us to see it primarily as a tool to teach wives how to act. So, who was Proverbs 31 written for? I have, and I will repeat myself again, it's for all of us. It's for every single believer, because we can all gain wisdom from these verses. The article goes on to talk of the context of Proverbs 31. It says, I'm paraphrasing it just a little bit. It says, throughout Proverbs, the sage has personified godly wisdom for young men as an attractive model woman. Chapter 31 provides the most desirable picture in the book, the perfect wife. But the purpose of this passage isn't to put the spotlight on wifely perfection, but wisdom itself, which is even better. I mean, why would Solomon write an entire book over Wonder Woman? You know? I mean, why? So the, the article goes on again. It says that is not Solomon's point at all. The main purpose of Proverbs 31 is to show how incredible godly wisdom is. Solomon, or the author, is pleading with young men to, have a de- to desire wisdom the way they would desire a perfect wife. This, to me, is the ultimate takeaway from this to-do list, this character trait build versus this. Does this mean there's nothing for a woman to gain from these verses? No. There's something for all of us, for women, for men, for singles, for all of us, for children, for everyone. There's something to gain for all of us through these verses. We all want to embrace wisdom through Jesus Christ. If we only took what Proverbs 31 woman, what what she does, all of these tasks, all of these things that she's doing, we completely miss out on what the author is really wanting to tell us in doing so. If we only look at those tasks, we're going to have shame and guilt. We're going to be filled with all of those things, and that is not what these verses are telling us. That is not what God, what God wants for our lives. I mean, think back when I mentioned the moms of TikTok and Instagram and social media. These women portray characteristics and behaviors that we want to be like, but we lose sight of reality and what this chapter is really trying to tell us. Our focus should be on the spirit and the motivation of this Proverbs 31 woman and how she is moving forward in the wisdom and the fear of the Lord. Let's go back. We're going to focus on just those two verses, 25 and 26. Verse 25 says, She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Think about being clothed in strength and dignity. You know, um, 
the Queen of England just passed away this last week. And as I was watching videos and, and seeing things about her, she was a person that was clothed in strength and dignity. And every place that I read that talked about her characteristics, they talked about her being clothed in strength and dignity. So when I, when I, I think of a Proverbs 31 woman, I don't know why, but I always think of that grandma figure, you know. Um, but think, think about that for just a minute. And I'm going to read from Isaiah 61.10. Go forward just a, a little bit here if you want to follow along. 61.10, it says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. I delight greatly in the Lord, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. This clothing of salvation is something we ourselves, we, we can't purchase it. God has prepared it and he has provided it for us. He has clothed her with a garment of salvation. Think back to Adam and Eve after the first sin when they realized they didn't have any clothes on. I mean, think about that for a moment. Everyone has that dream or that fear. You're standing on stage and you realize that you don't have any clothes on. Well, Adam and Eve, they're realizing at this moment and they quickly go and they hide and they start covering themselves with leaves and anything that they can find. What did God do? In Genesis 3.21, it says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. He had to, to kill or de-skin an animal to provide the clothing for Adam and Eve. He provided them with clothing, just like he's provided us with this clothing of salvation. This woman who's now clothed in the salvation, she knows it. She's now courageous. She's confident. She's bold. She has a security in knowing who God is and what this salvation means to her. Her security is in her salvation. And with that boldness, she has dignity. Read back to our verse. She's clothed with strength and dignity. Another word for dignity is honor. She is honorable because she is a woman of loyalty, of devotion, of sacrifice, of love, of compassion, integrity. Think about all those tasks that she did. She did them all because she was so devoted. And God has provided all of that for us through his son, Jesus Christ. The next part of verse 25 says, she can laugh at the days to come. She laughs at the days to come. She trusts God for the future. The days to come, that's the future. And for the well-being of her family. And she's faithful to do her part for that future. She's a planner. She's looking forward to the days to come with hope, with anticipation, with courage, not fear. Can you say that, that you're filled with that hope, with that anticipation, without fear? I can't. I mean, I do fear the future, right? I mean, we all do, right? We can't say that we don't. I mean, look around us. There's poverty, there's crime, there's disagreements among our, among our world leaders. There's fear all around us. 
And then, as I mentioned my kids before, I start thinking about my children. There's fear for their future. Of course, fear because of the ugliness in this world, but more so, like my friend Crystal brought it to my attention the other day, fear for, have I directed them onto where their life is going to be when, I, when they leave my house? Will they have the wisdom to know how to wash their clothes? <laughs> Will they know the Lord? Will they continue their walk with the Lord? Or will they come back to it if they lose sight for just a little while? Have I left them with that? The Proverbs 31 woman, she isn't fearful for the days to come. She knows this earth is her temporary home. She knows the wisdom of the Lord. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs at the days to come. Let's move on to verse 26, and we can really grasp what I feel this whole chapter is all about. Have you ever faced a situation that you had no idea what to do? I mean, maybe your kid has come home and, and they've been picked on a little bit at school and, and you, don't know, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say to them. You don't know if you immediately call the school or you don't know how to handle it. Or your spouse was just laid off and at the same day that they come home telling you they've been laid off, you receive your water bill in the mail after these 90 days of drought that we had and your water bill is atrocious. You don't know what to do. You, you begin thinking like, well, I'm going to ask so-and-so what they did. Or you, you think, what would my own self do? You, you don't rely on the Lord because of our fear of all the ugliness in this world. We go through situations where we have no idea what to do. But this Proverbs 31 woman, in verse 26, she seems to have found the source and that source is wisdom. Read verse 26 with me. It says, Her mouth speaks wisdom, and loving instruction is on her tongue. Her mouth speaks wisdom. If she is able to speak it, then she has found it. And where do you think she found this wisdom? Right here, right in front of me. Back Psalms 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. The fear of the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The Lord is her source of wisdom. She isn't looking on TikTok or Instagram or any other social media or even her own understanding. She's looking to the Lord. She's found it. Through her daily devotion, her daily prayers, and her time spent with the Lord. Back to my friend Erin, who I mentioned earlier, in her Proverbs 31 hero book, she phrased it this way. She says, Proverbs 31 doesn't challenge women to attain wisdom, but also to share it with others. Proverbs 31:26 says, this woman speaks with wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. She speaks truth into the lives of those around her, serving them with wise counsel. And most importantly, she serves others by telling them about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the rescuing, redeeming, restoring, and guiding truth, which is the ultimate of all wisdom. 
So this Proverbs 31 woman is a godly wife who knows and believes the Bible. She's able to teach these scriptures to her children, and she does so with characteristics of kindness and love and grace because she has a relationship with God. She wants her children to know God, to love God, and to love others. She wants to speak that truth into the lives of those around her, and she wants to serve them by telling them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember, this isn't just for women. It's for all followers of Jesus. We want our children to know these things. We want them to know God, to love God. We want them to love others. We want to speak these truths into the lives of our children, into the lives of our friends and our coworkers and all of those around us. We want them to know this wisdom and this truth and this gospel of Jesus. As I was studying this, it reminded me, one of my favorite verses, and y'all have probably heard this before for me, is from Deuteronomy 6, um, verses 5 through 9. I'm going to read that with, a, with you guys real quick. I have it memorized, but just in case, I better get my Bible out. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Talk about them at home. When you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Think about that for a moment. What are you doing as you're driving down the road? What are you thinking about the minute you wake up? What are you talking about with your children, with your spouse, and with your friends? Are you taking time to have meaningful and impactful conversations and spending quality time together? Let's go back to our daily time inventory sheet that you had out earlier. I'm going to place mine back up on the screen, but you'll notice I've added in the most important pieces of my day without really changing my to-do list. But I've also added in my to-dos and my don't-forgets because many times our tasks become more important than the other things. I'm talking about it when I wake up, or at least I'm spending my time with the Lord in prayer and devotion. I'm talking about it and I'm praying with my boys in the car on the way to school and I'm praying and I'm talking about it with my husband before we go to bed at night. If we only live our days hectic and busy, we'll lose sight of what these verses are really trying to tell us. We'll lose sight of spending time and gaining wisdom from the Bible, from our prayer time, from our time with the Lord. And we won't be able to share it with others. We wouldn't be able to share it with our spouse or with our, our children or with our friends if we're not filling it ourselves. In kids' ministry this entire month, we're focusing on um, Proverbs 3, 5. Go back just a little bit here. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I'm going to quote just a little bit from our, our curriculum. I went back and I read. I'm like, well, this is a really great quote. I'm going to use that. So the author of this verse asked God for wisdom to rule the people of Israel because he recognized 
that God is the source of all wisdom. God honored what he had asked for, and as a result, Solomon became one of the wisest men alive. And so he wrote all 31 chapters, sharing the wisdom that he's learned. From Solomon's own life experiences, or the author of this, he was sharing the wisdom of trusting God with all his heart, instead of relying on his own self, just like the Proverbs 31 woman. She's gained knowledge from the Lord. She's gained knowledge from his word. She's gained knowledge from her time spent with the Lord. Friends, are you placing your focus and your time on finding wisdom from social media, from TV, or from anything else outside of scripture? Is your daily schedule so hectic that you're leaving out the most important things like reading the Bible and praying and sharing with others? If you've read or, ever read a book by um, doc, Dr. Kevin Lehman, he has some amazing ones like um, Have a New Kid by Friday or Have a New Husband by Friday or I think he probably even has a Have a New Wife by Friday. But spoiler alert, <laughs> it's not about changing them. It's about changing yourself, which is a little like I started reading the Have a New Husband by Friday and I'm like, well, he wants me to change myself. That's not what I wanted this book for. <laughs> but um, Kevin Lehman, I'm going to get back to the quote from him. He wrote an, another great book. Um, it's entitled The Way of the Wise. He ends, it's a really short book, and it's a really great book filled with all kinds of wonderful wisdom. It's called The Way of the Wise, and he ends the book with this statement. How you live your life now is a legacy for the generation to come. Like the mom of Proverbs 31, God is desiring for all of us to find wisdom in him and through him. And in doing so, we can be like this Proverbs 31 woman or man or believer. And we can share this wisdom and this love of the Lord with everyone around us. Your encouragement for today, friends, as we wrap up, I want you to Look back at your agenda. Don't just throw it away in the trash. Think on it just a little bit. Take inventory of how you're spending your days. Are you fitting in your Bible study time? Are you fitting in your prayer time? Are you spending time with the Lord? And are you sharing the wisdom that you've gained with others around you? Remember the last quote that I just shared from Kevin Lehman. How you live your life now is a legacy for the generation to come. Will you be like this Proverbs 31 woman? Not in tasks and to-do lists, but in gaining wisdom from the Lord and sharing it with those around you. I know it's a big challenge, and I know I fall short, but I hope it's also encouraging that you're not alone. We all do, but we have one another to remind us to hold us accountable but let's slow down. Let's embrace this wisdom that the Lord has given us through his word. Let's fill our own hearts so that we can begin sharing with that next generation. Pray with me. Lord God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here in your house today, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the author of Proverbs 31 who has just instilled so much wisdom for each and every one of us to gain. Lord, I pray that through our daily agenda inventory, God, that our, our time 
and our tasks aren't just filled with hectic and busyness, but that, Lord, we can find moments and time to be filled with your word, to be filled with your spirit, God, so that we can share with others. Because, God, I don't want to be standing in heaven with none of my friends or none of my family. I want them right next to me. So, Lord, instill in us that wisdom. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room has taken encouragement from your word today and that, God, that with you, we will lean on you and not our own understanding as we go about our days. Help us to be more like this Proverbs 31 woman who is clothed in strength and dignity. Lord, she is clothed in that salvation that you have provided to us. We love you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And we thank you for being here today. Amen.